For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 267 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And our buddy Will Witten is away visiting the family, his summer family visit. So he's not here this week. He'll be back next week. So I called in a fill-in. And boy, what a fill-in do we have this week. He's a speed reader. He is... As proclaimed by me in a recent Patreon release, perhaps the most powerful man in Star Wars podcasting, a fellow lost expert, you can hear him on the Sith list, on the Patreons for the Bad Motivators in Steel Wars, where he does Page Wars, (laughs) Uh, and of course here on the Blue Harvest Patreon as my co-host of Masters of Harvest Kasi, it's our buddy King Tom. Hi, Hoss. Thank you for having me. Hello, fellow moisture farmers. I'm excited to be here and talk Star Wars, although uh, my <coughs> speed read title might be taken away because it took me two days to finish the Thrawn book that came out last week. Buddy, if there's somebody that's not going to challenge you on that speed reading title, it's me who <laughs> hasn't finished the new Thrawn book or the one before it or the one before <laughs> that or the one before that. So you're in safe hands here. Good to know. This one, uh, this one is, it's a heavy read. Yeah, yeah. I hear. I'm, I'm really interested. So, this one is quite a bit of a prequel to the first Thrawn trilogy, right? Yes, it's okay. set during the time of the Clone Wars, mm. and it is ninety-five percent of the book takes place within the unknown regions. So, so it's Thrawn, his people, and their the people who they share that sector with. Cool. So would you say, not just for me, but for anybody that hasn't read the first Thrawn trilogy, is that required reading before jumping into this one, would you say? Or do you think this is a a decent jumping on point? If you just want to read the newest one, uh, how linked are they really? Um, The 5% I mentioned that takes place in the galaxy we know 
is Thrawn's point of view of events that are flashbacked to in the second book from the original trilogy. So it's pretty important to... Yes, um, it is. The other thing is, because this book takes place in a whole different place, you know, they, they, they put out a list of characters and ra- ranks in families because the Chiss are ruled by their families. Right. Um, so they put out that type of guide, but all of the aliens, all of the technology, the ships, they're all different than what we're used to. Right, which is what is so intriguing to me. Yeah, but at this, you just get lost in them, and I would have, I would have appreciated getting more of a g- guide like that, like a visual guide. About yeah, what yeah, these... I see that because with other Star Wars books, you have such visual like uh, anchors in your mind. Like if they talk about a Twi'lek, you know mm-hmm. what they're talking about. I see. Right. I can see where you're coming from from there. I gotcha. Well, uh, I'm sure I'll check it out eventually. That is one of my goals before the next theatrical Star Wars movie is to get caught up on all the canon material that I have yet to partake in. It's quite the undertaking at this point uh, between books and comics, but it is. It is. I'm going to try my best. Um, so, guys, we have so much to talk about this week. Uh, we took last week off, and stuff happened last week. Sorry about that. Will and I had trouble linking up. I was a little under the weather. It just did, it just couldn't happen last week, and that's going to happen sometimes, but uh, we're back. So we're going to try and hit the stuff we missed last week, and then a fairly large amount of stuff that... Uh, happen this week and I'm going to try and sort of break it into different related sections we got a Mandalorian section we got a High Republic section so we'll just uh, <clears throat> go through it bit by bit um, I think maybe one of the most important things to acknowledge that happened last week was the John Boyega GQ article mm-hmm. uh, and I thought a lot last week and this week about exactly like how I wanted to approach it. And I think personally for me, the best way to approach it is to say, if you haven't read it yet, then you really should seek it out and read it. Mm -hmm. Cause he's talking about some really important shit and shit that involves star Wars, but it reaches out well beyond star Wars. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, like, it's not like I have a a hot take on it. My take on it is that we here at Blue Harvest support John Boyega. We love him as Finn, and we fully support him and totally agree with his feelings on all the issues he's talking about. But past that, like, to me, the take you should be worried about on this is John Boyega's take. That's what's Mm -hmm. important here. So seek it out, read it, and realize that like there's a lot of shit that needs to change and a lot of important shit going on right now. And you should commend someone like John speaking out on that when realistically, in a lot of ways, he could be putting his career on the line to do something like that. Mm -hmm. 
So I don't know that I have much more to say than that. Um, extremely powerful. And like I said, if you haven't read it, you should seek it out and check it out. And yeah. it's, it's about, it's about star Wars. And like I said, it's about so much more than star Wars. And it's not an excuse to argue about star Wars. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's an excuse to sit down and look at the larger picture and the things that are going on in the world today. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that I have much more to say on it than that. Um, you know, <clears throat> it's, I don't know that it's my place even, you know? Right. Uh, I feel like there's many other people that are, are experiencing similar things to John that have actual experiences with that. And that's who it's important to listen to. Mm -hmm. So seek that kind of stuff out. Um, and just know that we like John Boyega around here. He's pretty awesome. He is. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I just didn't want, even though we didn't do a show last week, I didn't want it to go unaddressed and to make it seem like, I don't know, we were ignoring it or, uh, sweeping it under the rug. So I just kind of felt like after thinking about it, that maybe that was the best approach and, you know, hopefully it is. Um, so like I said, lots to talk about this week. Um, a couple of weeks ago when Will, uh, told me he was going to be gone this week, uh, and I reached out to King Tom, I was like, I don't know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll figure something out cause we always do. And, uh, man, stuff really started lining up. Mm -hmm. We're still minus, uh, a Mandalorian trailer, but that doesn't mean we don't have plenty of Mandalorian related stuff to discuss. Uh, the first being, we now have a release date for um, the second season of The Mandalorian. It's going to be coming out Friday, October 30th. So, back a few months ago when they were like, yeah, it'll be debuting in October. I don't know about you, buddy, but I was thinking, oh, probably like mid-October? Yeah, that's what <laughs> I was thinking. They're coming in right under that October line. It still counts. Yeah, sure does. And then I got to thank him. You know, you, you're you known here on Blue Harvest for uh, bringing high-quality questions, right? Okay. So I have one for you that I thought we could riff on a little bit. Okay. <clears throat> First episode of The Mandalorian comes out October 30th, mm -hmm. the day before Halloween. If this was your traditional network TV show, there's no way that episode wouldn't be Halloween themed in some way, you know, obviously, oh, yeah. but like if this was your, your sitcom and they had an episode mm -hmm. coming out the day before. So if you had to write or pitch a Halloween themed episode of the Mandalorian, what mm -hmm. would your pitch be? Um, Moff Gideon. Mm-hmm has stolen what was the planet that Quill lived on oh the Tatooine but not Tatooine planet yeah ta not okay so Moff Gideon has stolen the Suga 
belonging to the Jawas of non-Tatooine. They hire the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda and Grief Karga to go get it. Okay. Moff Gideon is having a costume party at a big palatial galactic estate somewhere. Okay. And there's a haunted house, and somewhere in the haunted house is the Suga. Oh, nice. So Mando, Grief, and Baby Yoda dress up because they're going to a costume party. Okay, so what are each of their costumes? Uh, let's see. Grief Karga is... Uh, um, do you remember in Attack of the Clones when they were – that was supposed to be a sports bar? Yes. That they were in on Coruscant? Mm-hmm. And aren't there like some dudes doing something on one of the screens? I know there's like a robot football or droid football yeah, type there's, of event. There's a droid football. They're watching pod racing, and there is something else. Right. So let's say that – Grief is either a famous pod racer or other famous athlete. Okay. Uh, Baby Yoda is Yaddle. You know, Yaddle was a member of the Jedi Council, would be famous. Uh, And the Mandalorian is Darth Vader. Perfect. I was thinking maybe the Mandalorian could be um, Jodo cast. (laughs) (laughs) or or, this this one is going way back but fen shisha oh my goodness fen shisha (laughs) nice all right i got one i want to pitch you and then if you think of another one let me know so the episode starts with the mandalorian he's like damn i gotta find because it's the season two premiere right Yeah, yeah i gotta help baby Yoda find his people mm-hmm. I'm going to need some serious credits so I got to take a job and the job he takes <clears throat> is the father of no 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 is uh, someone from uh, you know the bounty hunters guild and they're mm-hmm. like look we had a rogue wannabe bounty hunter who stole some important information from us and hit it on Tatooine. If you can recover that, then you'll be handsomely rewarded. So Mando goes, he picks up Grief Karga. He's mm-hmm. like, I- I'm going to have to take him along with me. They go to Tatooine. They park in the same docking bay as from episode five mm-hmm. with the same lady who's running the dock- docking bay. And they start investigating. Well, turns out that the rogue bounty hunter wannabe who stole the information was none other than Toro Calican. And the person who helped him hide the information will only tell Toro. Hmm. Right? Okay. So what do (laughs) Grief and Mando do? (laughs) They go dig up Toro's corpse. (laughs) And it's a Weekend at Bernie's parody. Weekend at Toro's is the name of the episode. So they have to. 
you know, the, the acting <laughs> of Jake Conaval would be much better in the weekend at Toros. Oh, yeah, I mean, you could just five of season one. You could just make like a, you know, a life cast. You don't even have right. to get the dude because he right. just has to be a corpse like that. They carry in between them and stuff. And they, uh, you know, make elaborate wire contraptions to make like it look like he's waving and stuff. Hmm. Weekend at Toros. I, I, I like that. Give that give that episode an Emmy. You know, what's funny is is uh, Steel with his Toro watch. Like, hmm. I don't think he would expect that to be how that would pay off. Right. <laughs> no, I don't. They would be like I... if you flipped it around and they did Weekend at Boba's and it was just Cobb Vanth using Boba's corpse as a marionette, I'd be like, this is not what I wanted. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, man, I am so excited for the Mandalorian to come back. And uh, if all goes well, I think we're going to do the same format where we have a different guest each week to talk about the new episode. So um, I can't guarantee... That it'll go flawlessly, you know, with Will's new schedule and everything with the new baby. That can be a little more tough than it was last year, but everything goes right, then then that's the plan. Um, but that's not all the Mando news we got. <clears throat> we got also, it, it seems like we're getting a little bit of a, a drip feed of Mando information. Last mm-hmm. week it was the release date, and then this week... We got a gigantic article in EW uh, with some details and some new pictures from season two of The Mandalorian. Um, and man, is it a good read. Yep. Lots of cool information. Like I said, lots of pictures. Uh, King Tom uh, brought it up to me when we were discussing it earlier this week. A killer new costume for grief cargo looking Mm. regal as hell in some purple um what what stood out from you for you in the ew article the quotes from john carlo esposito Mm -hmm. he knows how to sell whatever he's in yeah he does and just the way he was explaining how to him to his character his character is the hero of the story um, and it made it sound like he's going to be seeing a lot more action. And that's, it's a great thing when a, a show or something you watch has, has a villain you love to hate and yeah. knowing he's going to be back and having that point of view. It's just, I'm really looking forward to this. And isn't that sort of, I mean, it's not the only way you can approach a villain, but to me, it's one of my favorite ways to approach a villain is the villain who believes they're the hero in the story. You know, like, I think that is a really sort of classic approach to a villain that a lot of times really resonates with me. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I I feel like there's a lot of sort of unanswered questions and mysteries from the first season. But Moff Gideon wanting what Moff Gideon wants baby Yoda for is like number one on my list, I feel like. Mm -hmm. So I, I love to hear that. And he also mentioned that he's going to have a new vehicle a very big vehicle which Mm -hmm. come on that's a star destroyer right see i i thought it would be an ad at but a star Mm. destroyer would be would be even better 
dude, I didn't even consider at at, and I think I lean more to liking that better. I don't know. I I was talking with someone. We were talking about this, and I said, "What if it's an at at with a cape?" Oh my goodness! <laughs> <coughs> that shoots black laser beams. <laughs> um, he also mentioned that he and Baby Yoda get some FaceTime in this season, and I ain't liking the sound of that. No, that doesn't sound like a good time. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I, I think a lot of what he had to say um, was uh, the most intriguing. You know, like it, it was not, it was a really good article, but it was very like pr- promotionally based. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. They talked a lot about, you know, the reaction to Baby Yoda and how many Emmys the first season got uh, nominated for and sort of their approach to coming up with the show, which is not necessarily stuff we haven't heard before if you follow Star Wars fairly closely. Um, I was I was surprised they said that production wrapped, I think it was production wrapped or shooting wrapped, four days before the lockdown started. Yeah, right under the wire, man. That's mm-hmm. really impressive. Right. Um, and lucky for us because you look at the Marvel shows like WandaVision and uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I think both of the, maybe Loki was filming too. I know the other two were for sure. And we don't know when those are coming out yet because they had to shut down sort of mid production or definitely not as far along as, um, you know, uh, Mando season two was. Mm -hmm. So we really lucked out on that. Um, and then, yeah, they talked about some of the, the challenges of getting the post-production set up going in a post-pandemic world, you know? Yep. Um, and, you know, it's just, man, if, of all the things that have been fucked up and have gone wrong this year, <laughs> at least we got <laughs> the Mandalorian to look forward to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they, they definitely... Uh, talked about uh, George and how he visited mm-hmm. the set again and gave Filoni a little shit on how long he was taking <laughs> to do stuff, which is just classic. I loved yep. that part. Like, I love to hear that George is there being George, you know, the, mm-hmm. the faster, more intense George. Yep, that just we like all... he did to uh, Kirshner. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, besides that, I think the pictures were where were a lot of where we got the attention or what got a lot of the attention rather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but it seemingly all but per- confirms a return to Tatooine because we get a picture of a badass looking Bantha with a mm-hmm. Tuscan Raider on it. I mean, that's gotta be Tatooine. Yeah, it has to be. Uh, I'm you know, I understand Jaw was getting off, but like everything else that Tatooine is known for, I don't think they're going to, Right. Do that. Right. And and you would think like, okay, so they're going to do off-world Jawas, but how are they going to show you that they're not Tatooine Jawas? They're going to have like different colored robes. You would mm-hmm. think that if they did that with Tusken Raiders, that they would have some sort of visual clue, right? That they mm-hmm. weren't the same type of Tusken Raider that we're used to. And then there was the shot of the Mandalorian on like a swoop bike. That yep. looks like it's clearly on Tatooine. So, 
you know, it, it's all starting to stack up with the Cobb Van thing, with the Boba Fett thing, and Tatooine. Like, it's all starting to sort of line up and become a clearer picture, I feel like. The, thing, the other thing about the article um, that kind of stood out was <laughs> it was all about the show we know and the characters we know. There were, mm-hmm. there were no real hints at any of the guest stars that we've been told through various people are going to be on the show. No, although the article did say, and I thought this was crazy interesting, the article did say, like, Ahsoka, Boba Fett, uh, yeah. and so-and-so were rumored to be part of the show. Mm-hmm. I don't know, and, and maybe, like, this is just me thinking that Lucasfilm has more control of this than they do, but, like, I don't know that you include that without Lucasfilm's approval, you know? Yeah. Like, I would think Lucasfilm gets a pass at the article before it's published, and if they didn't want that in there, like, I would think if it's not true, they wouldn't want it in there. Right. So, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, And, of course, that just gets me even more excited because the possibility that I might finally get to see Boba after so long is only... Just a few days away. Like, I mean, I doubt it's the first episode, but we're, we're like, as a recording, 49, 48 days, something like that, from the premiere of The Mandalorian. Um, they confirmed that this season is eight episodes again. Not a huge surprise. Said that each episode is varying in length. Once again, that pretty much lines up with the first season. They did... Um, as far as I understand, gave us a full list of directors, though, with John Favreau directing the first episode, mm-hmm. um, Filoni returning, Rick Famayua, Peyton Reed, Robert Rodriguez, and I believe Bryce Dallas Howard. I think, I think I've heard list. that too. So, <clears throat> um, a solid list. I mean, we haven't seen what Peyton Reed or Robert Rodriguez have done with star Wars yet, mm-hmm. but we saw what everybody else did last season and yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm totally down. So, uh, you know, I think obviously the biggest missing director from the first season is Deborah Chow, but you have to imagine that she wasn't there because she's in the midst of getting Obi-Wan ready for production. Right. So while I would have loved her to come back and do an episode in season two, I understand why she's not part of it this time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, is there any other big stuff from the article or the pictures that I'm missing? I mean, the pictures are cool, but they don't... It's not like I saw anything besides the the Tusken Raider and the Bantha that really... And Grief's outfit. And Grief's outfit, which was great. But nothing that like really jumped out as like, ooh, this is a big hint. Mm-hmm. Or something like that, you know? Um... Speaking of Obi-Wan, we got a little news about that today. Mm -hmm. Um, Ewan McGregor did an interview with Entertainment Tonight, and the subject of the Obi-Wan show came up, and he confirmed that as of right now, it's hard to take anything, not just because of the pandemic, but because of the history of this show so far. But as of right now, the plan is for the show to begin filming in the spring of 2021. 
mm-hmm. which I think pretty much well, pretty well lines up with that show coming out sometime in 2022. Um, so that was good to hear. And he also mentioned that it's only one season, which I think we all kind of assumed, I guess. Like it seemed more like a mini series, like what they're doing with the Marvel stuff. Right. Um, which is probably best that they don't drag it out and try and I mean I'd love more but at the same time I think if you're making a show to have as many seasons as possible without knowing what your story is it's going to end up being underwhelming at some point yeah and also a show that is set in such a specific limited area of the timeline you know with the Mandalorian it's pretty open-ended the only events that you could eventually bump into which would be way down the line would be sequel trilogy stuff, right? That's like yeah. 25 years past the Mandalorian or something like that. Right. Um, with Obi-Wan, you know, you, you only have this certain amount of time to tell this story and it's got to cut off eventually because Ewan McGregor's not going to be looking like Alec Guinness. So you can't take that story all the way up to a new hope. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, for that reason alone, a miniseries makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And like I said, that seems to be what they're doing with the Marvel stuff. Um, now, granted, we don't know, like, Moon Knight and She-Hulk. Those may be ongoing, but the shows featuring established characters, at least, seem to mm-hmm. be miniseries. Right, the ones from the <laughs> movies. Yeah, yeah. So I would love to... Um, love to see like i think that's such a cool idea like i think there's definitely a way you can have both where you have the mandalorian which is an ongoing series and then have these mini series that deal with one character in a specific part of the timeline like you know if something ever did happen with a follow-up to solo i would expect that to be a mini series and not an ongoing series as well yep um and you know Like, I I think this is just a long way of me saying, like, I totally agree with you. I think for (laughs) this, like, I would love to see a ton of Ewan back as Obi-Wan, but I think it's for the best for this one specifically to be a miniseries. Yeah. Um, And plus, you know, we got Cassian Mm -hmm. coming. We got, uh, it seems like, dozens of other rumored (laughs) Disney Plus shows. So it's not like we're going to be hurting for content. No. It, we just have to be patient. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a bit of a bummer because I, I think had all the delays and rewrites and stuff not happened on Obi-Wan that we might have gotten it next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows? Maybe Cassian and Mandalorian Season 3 were always just planned for next year. And okay. Obi-Wan was always... Because he did say that as far as he knew, it wasn't delaying the release of Obi-Wan. Now that was pre pandemic. That was pre a lot of, you know, things that have gone on. So we'll see. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's nice. It's one of those things that's been thrown around so much, you know, be it, Oh, we should get an Obi-Wan movie. We should get an Obi-Wan trilogy. We should get an Obi-Wan Disney plus series. (laughs) That'll just be nice to have it out. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, but you know, 
any news on that, I'm pretty welcome, pretty excited about. Um, I think that does it for like Disney Plus shows. I can't remember any Mandalorian stuff. No, there's still nothing on the Leslie Headland show. Mm-mm. No, I think, I think that's probably in like heavy development now. Yeah, you know, but I imagine we'll we'll hear more about that once uh, the premise is announced. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's all we're really waiting on at this point. And they probably want to get Cassian and Obi Wan off the ground before they announce anything else. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I do kind of wonder if she's going to be um, leading up the Ahsoka show if that's a true thing because mm-hmm. <laughs> you would you would assume and probably rightfully so that Dave Filoni would want to be pretty hands on with that one right yeah you would think and it sounds like she's going to totally be in charge of the show right right um, well Something we have gotten a, quite a bit of information on in the last couple of weeks is the High Republic. Yep. Uh, the publishing initiative that actually would have already kicked off by now had things yeah. gone to plan. But uh, that hasn't stopped them from releasing uh, some tidbits of information. The first one that came out last week that uh, really captured people's in- imaginations and their their debate machines is uh, Yoda, but 200 years younger. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They announced that Yoda will be appearing in the high Republic, uh, specifically in star Wars adventures. The high Republic. Is that the name of it? I think so. It's the IDW comic series, right? Which if I had to guess, and, and from what I understand, it's more of an anthology series, because that's what the IDW mm-hmm. Star Wars comics are. Yeah, right and the those IDW Star Wars comics, those aren't always canon, or it's one of those gray areas. Right. So I, I'd be curious to see how they treat the New Republic uh, books in that line. I would imagine... High Republic, I'm sorry. Yeah, if I had to guess, I would imagine they'll be canon, because... There doesn't seem to be really any reason for them not to be. Right. Since they're exploring a completely new era of Star Wars, like you don't really have to worry about them contradicting or butting up against something. And for something that is seemingly so planned out, I just don't Mm -hmm. see why you would bother making that stuff not canon. You know? Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Um. I don't know, our good listeners might remember when we were first talking about the High Republic earlier. Was it this year or was it the end of last year? I can't it, was, even... it came out right after New Year's. That's right. So it was earlier this year. I even speculated that seeing Yoda was probably a given at some point, given the fact that he would be around. It's only 200 years before The Phantom Menace. So while this wasn't a huge surprise to me... Um, you know, it it was like, it was like, oh, okay, well, there it is. Yoda's going to be part of it. And for now, he's only considered to, or, or only confirmed to be part of that uh, IDW series. He's going to crop up and or pop up in other places for sure. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know that he'll necessarily be the 
the focus in a large part, but I just don't see how you set a story 200 years before the Phantom Menace involving Jedi at the quote unquote, like peak of their power or whatever, and not include Yoda. Like to me, it's way easier to include Yoda than to find some way around Yoda. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like just brief mentions or be like, oh, he's off on missions all the time. That's why you never see Yoda. <laughs> um, but they released some artwork of Yoda from the High Republic era and his fancy gold and white robes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I thought it was fun. Like, was it earth shattering news? No. But at this point, I'm so interested in the High Republic stuff that I'll take anything I can get. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Yoda. Surprise, surprise. They're going to use somebody we're super familiar with to give us some sort of anchor to this new era. You know? Yep. <clears throat> um, hey, let me ask you something. This just popped in my head. Okay. So we know... Dooku was Yoda's Padawan, correct? Yes. Have we ever heard if Yoda had other Padawans before Dooku? I'm sure that he has, and I thought even the little High Republic snippet said that he was going to be one of the trainers. Okay. That's what I was uh, wondering. Because yeah. I, I read... I, I, Go ahead. Are you counting when uh, Obi Wan says in Empire, you know, Yoda, the Jedi Master, who instructed me, even though we know he wasn't directly his Padawan? Right, right. Well, you know, I was just wondering, like, it might be kind of interesting to see Yoda with another Padawan. Right. Um, like maybe, what if he had a Padawan? And I, okay, just forgive the timeline fudging and imagine there's a few generations between here. But what if he had a Padawan that the lineage led to Mace? Oh, that'd be kind of cool. Although Yoda could have trained Mace, I don't think he did. Right. Yeah, I mean, that we definitely, like you said, it would be some timeline fudge and we wouldn't see that in the High Republic. But damn, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um. Uh, but that's not all. Today, just a couple of hours before we started recording, they put out a whole feature on the Marvel Comics High Republic series mm-hmm. with some really cool artwork. Yeah. And some really cool sounding characters. Who is it that did... He does the art, the interior art and the the cover. Is it f- well, Phil Noto... Uh, he he did the cover. I am not. I don't know off the top of my head the guy who did the interiors. Noto is is a pretty famous artist. He did the Poe Dameron series uh-huh. that Marvel put out, ran thirty issues. But the interiors of this, and we only got the black and white. I think right. three or four pages. It's beautiful. Yeah, I want to say that I'm looking right now. Yeah, uh, it says. Now we're ready to take our first steps into that sumptuous world with interior <laughs> pages as well as a cover by artist Phil Noto. So it's looks no, like... but the, the the interior is someone. I think they worded that incorrectly. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Oh, because I, I I saw the guy. He was mentioned in another Twitter in another tweet that I saw, and I checked out his Twitter, and it's some. He's totally different. Okay. Well, then, yeah, that is a weird 
that is weird wording, right? Because it does make yeah. it sound like with interior pages and a cover by Phil Noto. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, hold hold on. Um, it's his name is Ario Anandito. Well, big ups to him because this artwork is killer, and yeah. like you said, it's it's just the the pencil art that's been inked. It's not even colorized yet, and it looks incredible. Uh, and I'll say one of my favorite things about it, because this is something I always have a little bit of trouble with with Star Wars comics, is following lightsaber fights. Yeah, it's it's tough some, with some artists. They It's tough to follow sometimes. Yeah, and, you know, what I'm seeing in this so far looks really good. So mm-hmm. that, that has me pretty stoked. Um, <clears throat> but they go into sort of the main character who is let me find the name do you know it off the top of your head name? no not off the top this is all too new for me yeah it's keeve or cave keeve trennis mm-hmm. um and her uh master jedi master jedi master skier mm-hmm. it's two who s's just lost an arm yes right before this yeah, a Trandoshan or Trandoshan. Uh, it's a Bosque. Yeah. It's a one-armed Bosque with a really cool uh, lightsaber hilt design. I love the design of his hilt. It looks like a... What's the style of sword that it looks like? Ah, oh, shit. Almost like... um. Damn. I wish Will was here. Will is so obsessed with swords, he would know exactly what this is. Almost like a rapier. Mm, yeah. The especially... Yeah, because it has that guard. Yeah. The guard on the hand that that like a, a rapier typically has. Um and you know, they just sort of showed off some art. It's it's not the easiest thing to talk about on a podcast, but mm-hmm. uh, you should check it out because it looks really cool. I think. <laughs> this will be uh, a return to physical comics for me. Oh, wow. I think this will be the one that gets me uh, back on the pull lists at the local comic book store. Because uh, I'm way into this concept. And the idea, like, you know, we've talked about it so many times, but the idea of it being disconnected from almost everything we're familiar with is really appealing to me. And it just seems like it, it is going to be missing a lot of your normal Star Wars baggage. It can come along. Yeah. Um. But yeah, was there any other details that I missed? I don't think so. Not from that snippet. It was like a news story on the StarWars.com. Yeah, and something that I wanted to bring up that I thought was interesting when they launched the Yoda story last week, they uh, also alongside it launched a new landing page for the high Republic on starwars.com. So it's got its oh, own yeah. section. Yeah. And in that section, it describes the high Republic. I'm trying to pull it up right now as, um, you know, uh, the new era of star Wars. Shit. Where did it go? I know I mentioned this to you, but it it says something to the effect of, you know, the new era of Star Wars uh, storytelling encompassing 
books, comics, and beyond. Yep. And to me, that seems like, as far as I can remember, the first mention of the High Republic having to do with anything besides publishing, right? I, I think you're right. I think you're right. So we're going to get one of those soundtracks just like we did in Shadows of the Empire. Buddy, give it all to me. I want the soundtrack. I want the figure releases. I want the High Republic version of the Outrider. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, whatever that is. If it's the space station, whatever. Give it to me. Figures, video game, uh, animated show, movie. I I want it all, mm-hmm. and I want it now. Did they have a general idea of the release for this comic? I was skimming and didn't. I want to say, I thought they said January. Oh, that's perfect then. I thought I could be wrong, but I thought that's what they said. Now, was that the original plan? Or was that in this newest article? I don't know. I'm looking that up now. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, as we know, what was it? Light of the Jedi, the first book that was supposed to be out by now Mm -hmm. um, from Charles Sewell or Soul was supposed to be out by now and it got pushed back. So that just kind of made me wonder if all the other stuff sort of got shuffled around as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, the more and more I see... Uh, from this the more I get excited so I'm not I'm just going over the article right now I'm not exactly seeing a release date yeah I just skimmed it too and I didn't see because I want to say originally they were saying you know early 2021 and it does make me wonder with all the delays if -hmm. that had gotten pushed back any because they're just now sort of getting things rolling again with the regular Star Wars comic releases, right? In the past mm-hmm. month or so, they finally started releasing them. Right? Releasing what's that? Like the the regular Star Wars series. Oh yeah, of... yeah, it's but it's been very <coughs> like there are some weeks when three titles have come out and then they've gone like a week without any titles. Oh, and it's it's been kind of it's been kind of weird because they relaunched the Star Wars series, they came out with a new Darth Vader series, a new Afra series, this bounty hunter series. And it was all back in like late February. Mm-hmm. And then there was a you know, big gap. Yeah. Cause I remember right after the rise of Kylo Ren ended and I was on sort of a Star Wars comics high, I was mm-hmm. like, well, I'm just going to transition right into this new bounty hunter series. That yeah. seems perfect for me. And then I read like, the first two or three issues and haven't picked it up since um since everything finished like got delayed and stuff like mm-hmm. i'm not hearing great things about it might i add <laughs> yeah it's it it it's had it the it's made some bad choices yeah um, <laughs> in the, especially in the last issue however these the main series star wars and the the charles sold vader series or no i'm sorry soul's doing the main series and another writer is doing the vader series sorry i got that confused because soul did an excellent vader series a Mm -hmm. few years ago but those two (coughs) stories those two series are both very good Um, yeah i i I find the because i you know i try to stay generally up to date on what's going on as best as i can Mm -hmm. um and the the Vader one seems very intriguing. 
with uh, the handmaidens and stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. The, the hand, and a bunch of other friends from Naboo. Yeah. Yeah. That one sounds pretty cool. That's definitely one I'm looking forward to eventually getting caught up on as best as I can. And and Afra is a, a fun ride as always. Hey, I meant to ask you, do you remember maybe this time last year, maybe even further back than that, the rumors of an animated Afra series going I do around? I remember those rumors, yeah. I kind of wonder. I started thinking that something about this a couple weeks ago. Do you think and do you think it's possible that there was some sort of mix up and people they were casting voice actors for the Afro audio drama that led to people thinking that that was going to be an animated series? I do think that's very possible. I hadn't thought of that. Now that you mentioned that I'm a bit sad and I think I'm going to go and cry. I um, I I want to see an Afro animated series too, so I'm wrong. But, you know, yeah. I hope I'm wrong. But man, I, it kind of makes me wonder. That would make a lot of sense. I hope that's not the case. You know, maybe maybe it's for both. Maybe they want to use the the voice cast from the audio drama for the eventual show. Um, Afra, I just feel like it's it's such a, a, a popular character, and they'd be kind of silly to not do more with her. Just like yes. it was, it'd be kind of silly not to do more with Ahsoka or Thrawn. Like mm -hmm. you have this, especially in the Disney era, this new original character who's only in the comics so far and in audio mm -hmm. drama, but uh, only in the comics who's so popular then like, why not capitalize on that popularity? Yep. I feel like maybe it's a matter of time. I, th I think so. And <laughs> I think that COVID has ruin their timeline so hopefully it's getting pushed back if anything yeah you know I, I think there is a lot to that and you know as much as, as it might be frustrating to hear like things are getting delayed because of it like it's mm -hmm. the reality we live in right now and it's it's there's no way it hasn't affected some stuff on the star wars side of things you know, right we, we might have gotten lucky with the mandalorian season two and we might be lucky in that they can start production on season three. And so that's not greatly affected, but it's hard to imagine that a lot of other stuff wasn't. I mean, hell, the next movie was affected. Yeah. So you have to imagine plenty of other stuff behind the scenes has been shuffled around and changed because of it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> oh, before we move on to, to voicemails and emails, I forgot mm -hmm. my, my pitch for the other... Um, Halloween-themed spooky episode of The Mandalorian. Oh, okay. And I don't have, like, a an in-depth pitch. It's just a title. Mm-hmm. Cara Dune's Twitter feed. <laughs> that is scary. That's scary, man. That's pretty yep. spooky. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. that's been disappointing. Boy, has it. Whew. Anyways, uh, I, th I think we're going to jump in and hear from some moisture farmers. Okay. Uh, so let's get to that. Kia D. Kia D. Kia D. Cockhead. 
Kicking crash box candy Cockhead Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead He's a big Surian stud He loves to split chicks with his pud Candy Cockhead To stroke his cone and suck on his balls Candy Cockhead What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge But he'll be plumping spooge tomorrow Cockhead All righty, so you know how we normally kick this off with with the man right here talking to me. He normally has a voicemail, which we have one from him. Before we started recording, he was like, mm, maybe not worry about my voicemail. But <clears throat> I don't know, man. I don't get the opportunity. What? Uh, give me the live version. What, what was the voicemail? It was basically talking about the Afro series and how it was told by her. It was an autobiography like the Calrissian Chronicles. And the other audio drama that we've gotten was the one about Count Dooku last year. Mm -hmm. That was also an autobiography, but it was spoken mostly by Ventress about Count Dooku's life. Right. And so the idea was, suppose they were coming out with another audio drama next year. I was going to ask who you and Will would have wanted to learn more about the life of. So I almost feel like Will... And I'll ask him this next week when he's back, but I think I, I I think I know Will's answer to this. And the thing is, we're going to be getting it on Disney Plus. But I really kind of feel like Will would say Obi Wan. Okay. You know, like I think mm-hmm. his he would want to see Obi Wan's perspective of like uh, thinking back on the prequel era events while he's on Tatooine or something like that. Right. <clears throat> oh man. As for me, that's a tough one. Like, obviously my first go to is Boba. Um, but knowing my luck, they'd get fucking John Ham to do the audio <laughs> drama. You know, uh, they they had Boba was a character in that Afra audio drama, and he sounded nothing like John Hamm. Boy, that's good to hear. <laughs> Boy, I like hearing that. You know what would might be? It might be kind of weird, and I don't know how you would format it, but like IG Eleven, mm-hmm. like IG Eleven's thoughts and and sort of his autobiography of the events of his life, but how would you like, I I feel like telling the story from a, like a artificial artificial intelligence point of view can be kind of tricky. And if you don't get it right, it can also be kind of goofy. Like look at that fucking IG 88 taken over the death star story. Like there's a perfect Mm -hmm. example of that, but I think it would be kind of cool. Um, and then the, the whole thing about him being reprogrammed, Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know, man. There's a lot of different ways you could go with that that could be really cool. What if it was like the reprogrammed version had like the somehow had access to the memories of the pre reprogrammed version and it right. was like a, a, a commentary? Oh, on like, I see what you're saying on his thoughts on his previous self. Right. That could be pretty neat. I think that could be pretty, pretty interesting. <clears throat> I don't even I don't even remember because I think I might have thrown in you know what my choices would have been I don't even remember what they were hmm Bail Organa Pro, you know what that might have been it yeah man I know what my friends like you know what I mean like Evan yeah. or buddy Evan he'd be like oh Mace Windu all day you know Johnny yep. would be like Chewbacca Emily Lynn would be like Krennic which Krennic. would be interesting that would be Krennic or Tarkin. Well, Tarkin, the book wasn't necessarily, it's been forever, but I feel like it served a very similar purpose. It did. And um, did you read the, any of this Soul Vader series? That's the one with uh, Momin, right? Yes. yes. No, no, no. Wait. Oh, yeah, it is. I'm sorry. At the end, for some reason, I got Momin con confused with the Mon Calamari version of Grievous. No, that's no, the no, one no. moment. Um, there is an issue and stop me if you know what I'm talking about uh, that is kind of a follow-up to the Tarkin No, I'm, I'm not novel. familiar. Um, part, there, there's an arc, an excellent arc where it's the Siege of Mon Calamari or Mon Cala, whatever they call it where the right you know right after the clone wars the empire is trying to take over moncala and there is a former jedi on the planet helping with the opposition so tarkin calls in vader to help take down this former jedi um and that's a great story too but then after it you know vader is obviously successful and he tells tarkin he wants a favor oh. the favor the favor is, and in, in, this is all over the course of one issue, um, they go back to Tarkin's home planet because, and this is a favor from Tarkin to Vader. Vader wants Tarkin to hunt him. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <clears throat> all righty. Well, so we don't, well, we got kind of a voicemail from King Tom, but, and what an opportunity this is. Who could have saw this lining up this way? We do have a voicemail from not King Tom, our buddy oh. Tom Sutton. So uh, let's, two Toms meeting over the internet. Let's see how this goes. Hey, Hoss and Will, this is Tom in Sweden. How's it going? Great to have Will back, you know, it's not quite the same without Chewie in the co-pilot seat. All right. Um, I wanted to also say thanks to King Tom for his um, uh, feedback on the question that I left on the show. Uh, I was secretly hoping that King Tom, the king of all Toms, would chime in. And uh, so it was nice to hear uh, what, what his thoughts on the Clone Wars were before uh, we found out what they actually turned out to be um all right here's my question for you guys um i think star wars is a great source of inspiration for all of us and i would be interested to hear uh 
what particular scenes or characters work as a source of inspiration for you when times are tough? Uh, for me personally, um, Luke's line, I'm a, I'm a Jedi like my father before me. Um, my dad, not necessarily a Jedi, <laughs> but there's something about that line that kind of I find really uplifting. And also the entire character of Rey. I, I kind of, um, I often have a bit of a what would Rey do program running in my head. Um, so, you guys, um, what line or a character or moment from Star Wars do you kind of call upon for uh, inspiration when times are tough? All right. Thanks, as always, for the amazing podcast. This is Not King Tom signing out. Can, can I just say, I mean, I appreciate, I, I appreciate that, you know, he's, he's trying to differentiate, but he needs something better because he is, he's, he's accomplished. He, he's, Tom has sent in a number of voicemails. So I think something like intercontinental Tom. Ooh, that's globe trotting so, Tom or something like that. Ooh, both of those are so fancy. I think I lean toward intercontinental Tom. Ooh, ah, okay. I like that one. I think we might have just come up with a new Blue Harvest nickname here. So uh, what what do you think about his question? Do you have any quotes? I, I like, like I said, one of my, I feel like one of my talents is paying attention to what my friends like and what means a lot to my friends. So I can almost guarantee you that I know one of King Tom's answers to this question. Okay. I would trust her with my life. Yep. From Rogue One. Yep, definitely. Um, that you see, I, I had a bunch as a kid. <clears throat> Yoda lifting the X, and these are more moments than quotes. But Yoda lifting the X wing out of the swamp, the Ewoks, when they show up, you know, when Han and and Leia are marched out of the bunker and. C-3PO goes, I say, hey there, over here. And the Ewoks are like, da, da, da. You know, yeah. that just used to, like, that used to run in my head all the time. But actually, the new era has given me a whole bunch of them. Like, I would trust her with my life. Um, the, the, when the Rebellion shows up at, over Scarif at the end of Rogue One. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, the other one is the, the, the quote that's it's used twice in The Last Jedi. But the, the whole, we are the spark. I actually have so good. That, I have a, a tattoo of that in Arbesh in my arm. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So those those would be mine. Um so <laughs> as someone who has <laughs> as someone who has a Oh, I'm really throwing myself under the bus with this one, but fuck it. As someone who has a tattoo related to the band Corn which maybe, you know, when I was 20 or whatever and got that, I didn't do a whole lot of, like, thinking about my future. Um, quote tattoos have kind of, like, scared me a little bit. But if I were to go for one that is inspiring to me that I've always liked um, and probably doesn't come as much of a surprise to the listeners because it's, part of the opening of this show would be luminous beings are we not this crude matter mm-hmm. um that's a big one for me 
because, and I know it's not something I talk about a lot on the show. I'm a little weird about it, but growing up with as somebody with a disability, there is a lot of, you get a lot of pushback. Like, mm-hmm. you can't do this, you shouldn't do that. And as a kid, that quote from Star Wars was like, was pretty special to me because it was the whole idea of like, you're not the confines, you're not confined by what you can or can't do. There's something more to it. So I think that would probably be my my number one. Um, I love the, I'm a Jedi like my father before me. You know, I think as someone who grew up loving Star Wars because of their dad, you know, my dad's who got me into Star Wars. I think that one will always have special significance to me. Um, I totally agree with you about the the spark line from The Last Jedi. I think there's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, like Luke, uh, his his line right before he disappears where he's like, you know, the rebellion is reborn. Yeah. And I am I didn't even think of that. I will not be the last Jedi. Like that is so good. That is mm-hmm. so good. <clears throat> I hope that answers your ta- uh, your question, intergala- or intercon- <laughs> intergalactic Tom, intercontinental Tom. Globe hopping Tom is good too. All right, let's see. We got a voicemail from Jim, let's hear what he has to say. Hey, Hawes and Will. Good evening. I had uh, one goofy question. With the After the return of the Jedi, I think that, you know, Han, Luke, Leia, Lando, they really, you know, felt free for the first time uh, in a long time. And went to go sow their wild oats and things like that. What type of hairstyles and facial hair do you think they would have tried out? Obviously no facial hair for Leia, but uh, what, what, what do you guys think? What would you have liked to have seen while, during their wild days? What do you think they would have tried out? All right, guys, ignite the green. Well, we know Han Solo grew out a kick-ass beard for a little while. Yep. Thanks to Battlefront that, 2. That was pretty close to after Return of the Jedi, wasn't it? Yeah, I feel like, right? When he's he's yeah. at Maz's castle, uh, and Battlefront takes place in between Return of the Jedi and ends pretty much, well, the original game before the expansion, but ends during that Battle of Jakku, right? Isn't that sort of the end of Battlefront 2's story? Um, and then... I don't know. I like I always kind of feel like I think everybody just kind of grows beards. Not Leia, but hell, if she wanted to, it's Star Wars, I'm sure she could have found a way. Um Yeah, I don't know. Like maybe Luke gave <laughs> I don't think this really happened, but it's funny to think about Luke gave the Padawan haircut with the braid a shot. You know, maybe he saw it in one of those uh, Jedi textbooks, and he was like, "Ah, oh, I want to rock that for a little bit." And then yeah. everybody. Yeah. Well, I was I was thinking that at first, mm-hmm. but didn't at one point Mark Hamill say 
that George wanted to give him a mohawk or something. So I don't know. This is one of those things that I I keep wanting to find because I feel like it came from like an interview or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it was George that wanted to do it or okay. that that's what Mark Hamill wanted. Mm-hmm. Was like he wanted like a mohawk and <laughs> like... <laughs> Which would have been real silly, but I'd check so it out. Ma- maybe Luke was looking into the history of the Jedi and got some misinformation about what Padawans were like, so he gave himself a mohawk for a while. Yeah, he rocked the Mr. T for a little while. Yep, yep. Man, that is something to imagine right there. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, I also feel like Han Solo would have been the kind of dude to grow out a sweet mullet at some point. But that might have been pre A New Hope, even like somewhere in between Solo and A New Hope. He was yeah. like, "I'm going to rock the hockey hair for a little while." It, yeah, that it that kind of mullet, not the <laughs> no, not like a Billy yeah. Ray Cyrus mullet, right? <laughs> not a Joe Dirt mullet. Yeah, hockey hair. Um, I don't know about Leia. Like Leia, she has such a like distinct taste and hairstyles it seems i feel like it would have just been sort of iterations on that you know mm-hmm. regal braids different type of like like i'm clearly the wrong person to ask about hairstyles i haven't cut my hair in five years because i got a bad haircut <laughs> all right uh let's see next up we got one well so we get those are our voicemails uh, let's go on to some emails. This is from Josh W. Hello there, Halls and Will. First off, congratulations to Will and his family on the new edition. As a father of two kids, I can tell you that one is great, but two is even better. Double the kids, double the fun, as Count Dooku might say. <laughs> anyway, I have a couple of questions for you guys of the moisture farming variety. First, do you think we'll be getting any more information on the early days of the First Order anytime soon? At the end of the third Aftermath book, Ray Sloan was in charge of it, but she's gone by Episode 7, and Snoke is fully in command. What happened to her has never been addressed anywhere that I know of. Can we get some answers in the final Alphabet Squadron book or even in Mando Season 2? Second, if hypothetically speaking... Ray Park retired from his role as live-action Maul. That might not be so hypothetical. (laughs) Who would you like to see in that role? Could Van Damme still pull it it off at his age? I love the podcast. Stay safe and healthy, and may the force be with you, Josh W. Thanks, buddy. Um, So, what great happenstance that we have the master of Star Wars book knowledge here with us tonight. <clears throat> what what do you think about the whole race loan thing? I would definitely like to know more about her and Snoke and how the First Order developed, but I don't think there's any plans for that on the horizon in anything I've seen. Mm-hmm. There is some other information scattered in a few other books, um, such as the, the Last Jedi novelization, uh, and which kind of shows things from from Snoke's point of view, and this might have changed because he was not at this point in time a, a clone. Um, 
But it says something like he, you know, there were different people vying for control of the First Order and Snoke was the one who succeeded because he was able to help them survive in the unknown regions. Right. Um, so there's that. There are mentions in Bloodline um, about how there are people working in the New Republic government to bring the First Order in. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say there are some others that Phasma novel also has some details Um Particularly, and I think one character says, you know, I'd go talk to Sloan about this, but we don't know where she is. Right. So, the another thing that I would think, so I, I don't know that it's far enough in the timeline to, to give Josh the answers he's looking for, but we mm-hmm. know that Ray Sloan is going to be part of the Squadron's story. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, that could offer some bits of information. And the thing I always go back to is the interview pre season one of the Mandalorian where John Favreau said that we would see, and I'm paraphrasing here, but something about sort of the beginnings of the first order. Hmm. Uh, and you know, I think you're, safest bet when thinking about it in those terms would be Moff Gideon being involved in some way, you know? Mm-hmm. But it would be cool if Ray Sloan showed up in Mandalorian yeah. season two. And I don't see any reason why it couldn't happen. Cause if they're going to bring fucking Cobb Vanth into the, the series, there's absolutely no reason we couldn't get Ray Sloan eventually. Th- that <clears throat> takes place after the battle of Jakku though, right? <clears throat> Mandalorian. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Be- because at the end of the Battle of Jakku, she leaves for the unknown regions. Right, but and it takes her. It takes her a while to get there. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, so I don't. I don't know if it's a type of thing you can come. How easy it is to go back and forth from. Right now, here's a question for you. Do you wonder maybe because we know when Ezra and Thrawn get sent off into the unknown regions by the purgles right that's what those things are called the space whales yeah the the big whales yeah um we know that's where they go like could the story we're looking for in that regard be tied in with the continuation of ezra and thrawn's story because we know that takes it's going to go past return of the jedi yeah because ahsoka and sabine don't leave to look for Ezra until after Return of the Jedi. So I think there's plenty of opportunities for us to get some more. I just think we got to kind of be patient. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Tom said, I don't know that there's anything huge on the horizon, but we might get little bits here and there. Now, is Van Dam too old to play Maul in live action? Probably. But... Get him in Star Wars in some way, please. I would be so excited. He doesn't even have to be like a main character. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Give him like um, a Saw Guerrera sized role or a even like a um, Dryden Voss style role. You know, where he's not throughout the entire movie, but he's got sort of like a memorable contribution to the overall story man i would be excited Mm -hmm. that dude needs a couple of paychecks i'm sure yeah 
He could still do the splits. Yes, he can. Telling me you don't have any use for a dude that can do the splits that well in Star Wars? Craziness. All right, next up, we got a voice, or no voicemail, an email from Colton. Howdy, Halls and Will. Hope y'all are doing well. While I'm getting more and more excited for season two of Mando, I wanted to write in with a question about the Cassian show. How do you think Cassian will feel about working with rebellion leaders like Bail Organa and Mon Mothma, who were part of the Senate and the Republic as it turned into the Empire? Cassian was from a separatist planet, so I believe that he will feel vindicated by what happened when Palpatine assumed power as an emperor. I also feel like there will be some lingering mistrust between Cassian and members of the Alliance who were previously on the side of the Republic. It's hard to say exactly what the Separatists were fighting for, but it's possible that Cassian's personal interest may not be to establish a new Republic, but rather to fight for the freedom of individual planet systems, regardless of whether the overhanging power is a Republic or an Empire. What do you guys think Cassian's motivation or endgame for this show will be? And would y'all even care to see these type of politics played out on screen? Cheers and glad to hear that Will's newest family member is happy and healthy Colton. Uh, I would love to see that kind of political intrigue. And I feel like the Cassian show is the perfect place for that. Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think you're absolutely right. That is something I'm kind of hoping for because I'm a fan of galactic politics. And I think it's natural that some surviving separatists would still be against the empire. However, I don't know that George built that as well as he could have to lead into the rebellion. So maybe something like this show would help explore that. And there was one, one novel, the death star novel in the, in the OU, the, or the expanded universe where the rebels launched an attack on the Death Star while it was still in construction using one of those Trade Federation battleships. Oh. And I loved the idea of the Rebellion having access to something like that. Yeah, and that's always something that's been kind of cool about the Rebellion to me is that they don't operate with new tech. They kind of work with whatever they can get their hands on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the one thing, and Colton kind of acknowledges this, is that no one knew what the Separatists were fighting for. They were only fighting because they were manipulated by the military-industrial banking complex, which was in turn manipulated by Darth Sidious. Yeah, and Dooku. And and Dooku, yeah. And it would be, I, I would be very interesting to see if anyone in the galaxy is especially someone involved in the rebellion is able to figure that out because i i don't think if they are then do you have former separatists go around saying we were patsies for a bunch of rich guys or do you have them say we were fighting for something true and just yeah and i think there's some really interesting stuff you can explore with that idea right Uh and like maybe the cassian series deals with him joining the rebellion and not trusting people like Bell Organa and Mon Mothma. Because it seems like by the time Rogue One 
comes around, he's full on in the rebellion. You know, there doesn't right. seem to be any issues between him and Bail Organa or <clears throat> Mon Mothma, right? Like, not that I can think of. So, you know, I, I think there's a lot of cool stuff. And like that one, that one line from Rogue One where he says, you know, he's been in this fight since he was six years old. Like, I think that line right there can dictate a lot of the writing of the Cassian show. Yes. You know? Um, but yeah, I, I would love to see that because, you know, I know it's, it's an element that may not be everybody's favorite part of the prequels. And I, I myself feel like it wasn't always done super well, but it right. also felt like, and, and then I'm talking about sort of the politics of the galaxy as a whole. I feel like it was missing almost completely from the sequel trilogy and I would have liked to see more of it. So yeah. I'm 100% down with them, including that kind of thing in the Cassian's show. And it's not something that I had super considered before, but now that he brought it up and we talked about it a bit, like I'm, I'm all in on it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I hope they go that way. Um, Oh, um, they did. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going back to an earlier thought of mine in the Afra in the first Afra comic book series. The rebels do have one of those trade federation cruisers that oh, they use. Oh, really? Yeah. They use it for training. And at, at this point in the story, general Sindula is in charge of it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. <clears throat> Didn't mean to interrupt. I just, no, it's all good, buddy. Um, all right, so we got one more email, and then we'll call it a night. This one's from our buddy, Eddie. Hi, Halls and Will. So for the past three weeks, I've been trying to send you guys a voicemail. Tried MP3, tried compressing it. It just doesn't work, so I give up. I'll just stick to email. Anyway, congrats to Will on the baby. Glad to hear all went well. Good news is somewhat of a rarity these days, so very happy it went well for you. So the questions I have might not be super relevant, but I'll ask all the same. Um, so we'll we'll take these one by one, Tom. Okay. Back when the Boba Fett show rumor dropped, I too am not getting my hopes up. It made me think of what I would want the show to be, and the, and I kind of thought an arrow type approach, where it's set after the Mandalorian, but we have flashbacks that show his days after Clone Wars and the original trilogy. I think it would be cool for some of his expanded universe stuff post Return of the Jedi to be to be made canon, but since he's not canonically a Mandalorian, who knows if it's possible? Anyways, my question is: What would you want the Boba Fett show to focus on, timeline-wise? Boba before Empire, Boba after Mandalorian, or does it not matter because we'll watch it anyway? Um. So when the idea of, and, and you know, we don't really know how this was all going to go, but when the idea of the Boba Fett movie sort of spinning off from the solo side of things came up, it was not necessarily my preferred approach to a Boba Fett story because, well, I'm selfish and I wanted it to be post-Return of the Jedi, which would mean that Boba Fett was still alive. Mm-hmm. So that I think that's still uh, kind of where I'm headed with the like with what I would prefer. 
Granted, uh, we don't know how things shake out for him if he does show up in The Mandalorian. So that could be a non-issue. He may show up in The Mandalorian just to die all over again, for all I know. I hope that's not the case. Um, I think there's a lot of cool stuff you could do with Boba that they did a good bit of in The Clone Wars. Like, I, you know, I've, since it's been established that Boba is a clone of Jango, who was the the blueprint for all of the clones and attack of the clones and the clone wars like this concept of him seeing all these copies of himself and copies of his dad essentially around the galaxy like that's something so crazy that you could explore and like i said they did it in the clone wars but i don't know that that means you can't do that even further you know mm-hmm. um but yeah, I, I think mainly I'm down for post Return of the Jedi. Flashbacks include them for sure, but for the most part, I would want Return of the Jedi. Now, <clears throat> what you do with a Boba Fett story, I don't really know because it could go wrong real quick. Like we saw with that Bounty Hunter comic that King Time and I were talking about. When I was discussing it with Tom when it first came out, like, one of the things I told him was like, this is kind of what I've always been afraid of with a Boba Fett story is that you kind of just make it needlessly dark and violent for the sake of being dark and violent. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the edge Lord approach to Be- uh, Boba Fett. And that's not really what I want. Um, so I don't really know. Do you have anything that comes to mind? In terms of what I would want Boba to be doing, mm-hmm. I would prefer the series be set after The Mandalorian just because I'd rather explore new time periods. Yeah. I also, part of me wants to explore the whole Mandalorian connection. Yeah. Because it <clears throat> feels like there's been conflicting information between what we've what we see and know about in the Clone Wars and Rebels. That matches up a little bit, but then with everything we've gotten in The Mandalorian, we don't know what happened when. Right. And so it would be interesting maybe if if you have Boba trying to explore where he came from and he finds out, you know, he we don't know how much he knew about Jango. He worked with it, you know, he's with his father for 10 years. But how much did Django tell him? And if if he was a Mandalorian, then Boba goes home to find his people. If he wasn't a Mandalorian, I think Boba could still undertake that journey because wouldn't he be like, why did my father want to pretend to be one of these guys? Right. Yeah, and, and I could see... Because there seems to be this this sort of difference between people that were born a Mandalorian and people who were adopted as a Mandalorian. Like maybe the Boba Fett story could be him trying to become a quote unquote real Mandalorian. Right. There could be something kind of cool there, you know, like Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, maybe Boba's story post return of the Jedi is, sort of a I don't want to say a quest for redemption necessarily but sort of like a a quest to prove himself yeah um you know like uh, 
in the EU, right, they did, for a while, anytime Boba was involved in a story, it was kind of a revenge tale against Han Solo. They got a lot of yeah. mileage off of that concept, you know? Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't that, it was, here's what a badass bounty hunter he is. And then as time went on and you get into the new Jedi Order stuff and Boba becomes Mandalore, basically, right? The leader of Mandalorians. And he even has like a moment where he reconciles with Han Solo and they sort of like let the past die. You know what I mean? So I think there is some cool stuff you could do with it now. I don't know that you're going to do a revenge story against Han Solo. That seems like a tough thing to pull off considering everybody's age. And I don't think uh, Harrison Ford's coming back for a Disney Plus series, you know? I mean, you could recast. Or you could get Alden and age him up a little bit, I guess. But uh, I I think there's stuff you could do. I I just hope they don't go the route that I don't want them to go. Yeah. All right, he says, uh, another question I have is video game console related. Since the Xbox Series X price dropped and EA Play was added to it, does this mean Xbox exclusives for Star Wars games going forward as an incentive to move Xboxes? Also, are you guys getting a Series X or a PS5 first? So, I don't foresee at least while EA has the license to Star Wars, I don't see there being any system-exclusive Star Wars games because EA realizes that greatly reduces your customer base. You know, like, there's a reason every EA game comes out on as many platforms as possible because that maximizes the amount of copies you can sell. And I think that will be the way going forward. Uh, I do think it's cool that EA Play is getting added to the Xbox Game Pass service because that's just going to give you more free games you can play every month. Um, And that does mean eventually when the Star Wars games get added to EA Play, you'll have access to those. But I don't foresee there being any exclusive um, Star Wars titles, uh, like I said, at least while EA has the license. And I think anybody, because of how expensive I imagine the Star Wars video game license is, I don't foresee anybody doing exclusives because yeah. you gotta, you just, it's just a pure numbers game. You can sell way more copies being available on PC, Xbox, and PlayStation. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he says, final question. Oh, and as an answer to his last question, I am going to try and get both, but I believe I'll be going Xbox first. They go on pre- pre-order on um, September 22nd, so I'm already making plans to mask it up and go to GameStop a couple hours before they open <laughs> to see if I can get a pre-order. We'll see how it goes. Um, okay. Okay. He said, final question is another rumor mill question. I saw on Twitter someone photoshopped Sabine on Cara Dune because of her recent Twitter rants. My question isn't regarding her stupid rants, but on the topic of Sabine. Do you guys think if Sasha Banks is in The Mandalorian, she could be Sabine? The pic that was 
photoshopped had blue hair and I instantly remembered Sasha has blue hair and that she was rumored to be in season two and that the that the body type could match Sabine. Just a thought. Thanks for the great podcast. Got back on Patreon and saw you 100%ed Ghost of Tsushima. I'm trying to beat the main storyline so I can listen to that episode. Just want to stress, I love the way you guys run the podcast. Keep doing what you do. Spread the positivity. Your bucket-headed moisture farmer, Eddie F. Thanks, Eddie. Um, I mean, I'm going to say yeah. Like, I could totally see that being the case. There was some social media posts. Steele pointed them out on his Twitter where Sasha Banks and a couple of other people. Oh, um, Katie Sackoff that played Bo-Katan, right? Mm-hmm. Where they were uh, acting awfully chummy on like Instagram or something. Um, so, I, you know. I think that's a pretty good guess at who she could be portraying. I mean, I don't know a lot about like current wrestling, but isn't one of her like signatures sort of crazy hair color? Sasha Banks. I think so. And I haven't watched in a while either, but I think so. And that seems to be like a pretty, uh, common standout point about Sabine as well. Right. Mm Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like maybe it's it's trying to make too easy of a connection, but I don't know, man. I, I think there could be something to that. Yeah, it's definitely like you said. It's definitely been in the rumor mill, and I've heard it several times. Yeah, and and I've definitely heard Sasha Banks tossed around as Sabine, possibly. Um, I just I wonder what that means for. <clears throat> the post rebels story and, and her and yeah. Ahsoka looking for Ezra. Um, I mean, who knows? Maybe they run into the Mandalorian on their way to the unknown regions. You know, it could be as simple as that. Um, I just, I don't know why I kind of assumed that that prologue, um, after Rebels was set closer to Return of the Jedi than to the Mandalorian, if that makes sense. Hmm. Granted, I, I'm still a little iffy on when exactly the Mandalorian takes place related to... Yeah, I've I've heard like between three and six years or something. Yeah. And, and it, I, I have no clue about the timing of the Rebels thing. Yeah, and, and well, like... They didn't help the confusion because they initially said, like on the red carpet or whatever, John Favreau said the Mandalorian took place seven years after Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. And then they went back and said, no, it's seven years after the Battle of Yavin. Yeah. Which would put it like four years after Return of the Jedi. And, you know, there's clearly some time that passes in the first season of The Mandalorian. So I don't know, man, that's, and and, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. You know, like what matters is we know it takes place after return of the Jedi, but Mm -hmm. I like to know a little more specifically as far as, um, timeline stuff goes. That's kind of something that I'm obsessed with. I need days and numbers. Yeah, me too, man. A B Y B B Y. (laughs) 
Hook me up with some ABY and some BBY. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, buddy. Well, that does it for us this week. Thanks so much for uh, filling in for Will and helping me out with that. Are you kidding? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. It's been a good time. Um, why don't you tell our good listeners where they can find you in your many different places you can be found? Uh, Tom Chansky on Twitter and then uh, weekly on the Sith list and Patreon shows for Steel Wars. We just did a, a Page Wars about the Thrawn Ascendancy book. Can't wait to listen to it. Thank you. Um, um, I apologize for the song. And then I also do uh, Patreon shows for the Bad Motivators and then Masters of Harvest Kasi right here on the Blue Harvest Patreon network. Yeah, man. We'll uh, we'll be doing one of those, I'm pretty sure, if at the very least we'll be getting together and talking about Squadrons once that oh, drops. Yeah. I can't wait. This will be our first real opportunity to play a Star Wars game together because it's cross-platform. It yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's going to be uh, quite a bit of fun, and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I didn't do the business at the beginning. It escaped me, so I'll do okay. it real quick. You guys can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. You can email us your voicemails and your questions at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. And if you enjoy the show and want to support it, then check out our Patreon. Uh, if you sign up, you get access to our exclusive bonus podcast feed where we release podcasts like Masters of Harvest Kasi with King Tom and Star Wars Year by Podcast with Steel. Uh, we have a new episode of that up now. Which is a delight. It's, it's a fun one to record. Uh, and we'll have a Oh No, It's Hall solo coming up in the next couple of days. So... You can check that out at patreon.com slash blueharvestpodcast. And a big shout out to all of our current patrons. We really appreciate you. And uh, that about does it for this week. You know, leave your iTunes review. Check out Stoned Cobra on uh, Spotify, iTunes, or at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. And until next week when Will will be back in... Who knows what the hell we'll be talking about. At this point, I'm expecting it'll be something after these last couple of weeks. This has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Halls Burkhart. I'm Tom Chansky. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with us. <laughs> <laughs>